When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The latest trainer to join our ranks is Donald McCain. To celebrate, we'll be having a Sunday and Final Furlong Podcast owner's morning on Saturday, April 16th at Bankhouse Stables to see Raffles Capital and the €150,000 purchase, Invincible Power, the most expensive horse Sunday have ever Boss. To join us, download the app or visit allaboutsunday.com. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK, including additional ones at Cheltenham. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk And you're welcome to the show as Punchestown is still on but we are very much focused on the flat and the classics. Melissa Jones is here alongside us. Melissa, welcome back to the show. Hello, how are we? Alive, which is a good sign and uh, congratulations on a very respectable finish in the Naps Championship. You, um, you rallied late. You had, a, you had a good season overall. Yeah, a little run on at the end and hoping to improve on that, obviously, this this time around. So, um, yeah, not not been in too bad a form this week. So, fingers crossed we can keep kicking along and pick up some points along the way. And you know that means that we're going to be picking up gravy as we talk about the Guineas meeting. So, we'll start with the 150, which is live on Racing TV and indeed on ITV. Uh, hopefully, that also includes Virgin Media Ireland. I have no idea. Uh, Assad is favoured. Uh, apologies, John Jester Dance. I'm sure I've just butchered the pronunciation of that. Uh, but did win on debut at Redcar for new trainer James Horton. Um, after the new facilities were built. Uh, PJ McDonald is on board. And of course, uh, John and Jess have got a very long-standing relationship with PJ. Uh, and he was on board last time as well. That horse is currently sevens with Kaluki, along with Run to Freedom for Henry Candy, who's the same price. Tareeb for William Haggis and Holly Doyle, 15 to 2. Black Rod for Michael Dodds is nines. And then we got Jumbi... Jumbi? Yeah, let's go with that. Why not? Uh, nines, uh, the horse that I was quite interested in. Bickerstaff. Uh, dwells on his first start for Roger Teal with Jason Watson on board, um, a full son of Mason who's now four. What was your thinking on the opening race that we're covering, the 150? Well, if you like your big field handicaps, this is the one for you, isn't we it? We go, but... 21, 21 <laughs> runners. Yeah, yeah, plenty of value in there and um, lots of horses to choose from, aren't there? And um, a couple with really interesting form claims for the win here. And we must start off, really, with mentioning how well James Horton's string have, have started the season. I mean, what a brilliant start he's had. He's currently operating at a 50% strike rate, four winners from eight runners in the last fortnight. So well done to the team there. They have uh, really are striking while the iron is hot and, 
and come into this race here probably full of confidence with Astjad, who is well fancied in the market and, of course, was one of those opening winners for the team 12 days ago. Um, does have £5 extra here to carry off a mark of 100 that the penalty here with PJ McDonald in the plate. Uh, clearly a very improving horse, this son of Ifraj. And did the did it really nicely beating Woven at Redcar most recently. Um, and yeah, he, he, he must go well again, I, I think. Uh, the only con- concern really for me is most of his form, actually pretty much all of it has come on either good ground or slightly slower. And of course, it is going to be fairly quick, isn't it, at Newmarket this weekend? Yeah, so the, the official be... the official going right now to cut across you. Sorry, Melissa, that's very rude. Um, is is good. They're racing in the centre, which I'm happy about, because uh, hopefully it means horses aren't going to get stuck in the rail. But uh, yeah, officially right now the ground is good and the forecast seems decent as well. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? This time of year. I mean, normally we do get a, some decent going, don't we, at the Guineas meeting? And of course. That brings our the horse's speed to the fore and uh, we get some nice tidy performances down the dip and, and at the finish. And yeah, like I said, Ashjad is a, is a really nice horse to, to follow um, going forward. But in, in this particular race, just slightly ahead of him in the pecking order for me would probably be Run to Freedom, uh, the mount of David Probert here. Um, he does tick a lot of the boxes in the trends for this race. Um, the last couple of winners over the past four years have been rated 97 or higher he arrives here off 99 and there was a lot to like really in his reappearance run his fourth place there last time out um and i think he he can really uh, you know relish this test he's he just like a like a, a decent field to, to race against he's been competing in some decent handicaps last season um and he was just a couple of lengths off double or bubble there in, in a group three uh on seasonal reappearance so um, you know, made plenty of a late headway at Newmarket, and um, he was only half a length behind behind Jumbie on that occasion. So obviously, not not much between those two horses. Um, and yeah, he he's there's like I said, there's there's plenty to like about Henry Candy's runner here. Um, of course, he does meet a couple of interesting rivals: First Folio, uh, the amount of Daniel Muscott, Black Rod, and as you said, Bickerstaff, another mm. consistent performer in in handicaps and. Holly Dawes Mount Tareeb is, is another lightly raced horse who comes into the equation. The only thoughts with him, perhaps he's slightly lower rated, um, you know, for a winner of this race. Um, his case is, you know, he's only rated 83. And of course, last year's winner, Chill Chill, went on to to be rated in sort of the, the 100s, last rated 110 when, when last seen. So it does tend to fall to a performer towards the, the higher end of the ratings here. And, um, yeah, run to freedom would be the the pick for me in this one. Uh, I think if there's if you're going to try and swing for something at a bigger price, that there's a couple of old favourites in here. Summer Gand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, you, you can't put anybody off, but at the same time, you just look at last season's form and it really started to to tail off. Now he's been out in Medan, and maybe the sun on his back out there has helped him. But towards the end of last season, he he did tail off a little bit i remember him popping up at a massive price yeah uh new market actually on the july course at 16s um and maybe it's just the case with him that he takes a little bit uh, actually did he 
did he win the the prep race for this last year? Was that what he what he took down last year? The fifteenth of April? he definitely has his turn, doesn't he? So. Yeah. He's, he's just a crack of a horse. He's uh, oh, you'd love to own him. Um, three hundred and forty-two thousand in prize money. It, he's solid as a rock. Um, but he just does... he won the Abernat in April, in last April. Group three, obviously. That's, that's what he one. sort of falls between the two, doesn't he? You know, he's a he's an excellent handicapper, um, but also capable of running in these just you know group races. Um, it's a really tricky part of the handicap, isn't it? To to find you know to be in that sort of area. Yeah, um, you know he's very capable, but then you know he's had a lot of races, hasn't he? Now and he's probably a, a touch high, but no, no. Each way, I hope. So you know, he, like you said, he's he's always capable of, of running a big race, isn't he? And um, you know, he's down to one hundred and six now, so slightly eased in the ratings a little bit, and that should help after a couple of runs in Maidan. So yeah, I see the case for him. Yeah, perhaps that that trip to Maidan will have helped him out. He's coming out of stall one. Um, final song who was in action in Maidan as well always promised to be a high class horse didn't quite get there but she was uh, a, a big winner in Maidan last season um, when she took down a, a group three uh, she was very well spon- very well sponsored uh, very well fancied to <laughs> win the Alqua Sprint uh, ended up finishing second behind Extravagant Kid which is damn good form if they can get her back to something like that and the fact that Christoph Sumion comes over for the ride, obviously he's there for another reason, which we'll talk about in a little bit. She'd be intriguing at a, at a big price. And just another bottle, I suppose, has to be mentioned because it's just another bottle. And uh, he's done us a good few turns on the show, including um, a win at 18s in Ripon last year. I just wonder about new market and an undulating track, whether that's going to suit him. So, um, yeah, Bickerstaff was the horse that I was interested in. I'm... I'm going to stick with Bickerstaff. Um, Roger Teal's horses are running to a 58% runners to form. He hasn't had a winner uh, from his last 12 runners, but the Racing Post uh, ratings have him running to 58%, which is which is fine. The other thing I'd say about this field is, as much as I'm delighted for James Horton and particularly for John and Jess, because that this has been a, a great project of theirs, um, these horses tend to just beat themselves over and over and over again. Yeah, they do. That's it, isn't it? It's tricky to decipher, isn't it? On in a early on in the season, a race like this, um, Bickerstaff has won three times last season. Really progressed up the ratings, didn't he? Um, the only concern, although we say he's that he is a very consistent and good, solid handicapper, uh, he has raced twice at Newmarket and he hasn't quite won yet. Um, of course, he's he's run behind Creative Force and another of the horses he contests. He races against this weekend in Jumby. So. Yeah, we know he's there or thereabouts. It just depends really whether he can really fire first time up at this track. Yeah. So final selection for you? It's going to be run to freedom for me. Uh, yeah, lots to like about his chances and um, hopefully he can kick us off with a winner. Yeah, I can't see him out of the frame anyway. Um, number eight, coming out of stall eight. It's a bizarre coincidence. <laughs> It's a theory. <laughs> oh, it's the system. Uh, eight <laughs> from eight. Uh, so currently sevens. What if he was eight to one as well? Maybe Kaluki will go eight to one about him. Um, yeah, push him out, push him out. Yeah, just take him out there, Kaluki, <laughs> just for the crack. Pickerstaff uh, at twelves uh, would be intriguing as well. Uh, the next race is the uh, Heritage. It's a Heritage handicap. It's the Suffolk handicap. 
over a mile and one, 225, again, live on Racing TV and ITV. Uh, Peter Chappelheim's got the favourite, which is nice to see, in Fast Medicine, uh, a horse by Ifraj. Uh, then we've got a very intriguing runner for the red-hot Charlie Appleby, who will be coming to very, very shortly. Uh, let's try our best pronunciation here, shall we? Dahabi? <laughs> that, that's about right, I think, yeah. Yes! William Buick on board. First run for 567 days, but fitness would never be an issue from Charlie Appleby's yard. Uh, seven to two, having been backed in from fives. Kaluki report this morning. A lot of support also for uh, Roger Varian's horse, Moving Time. Harry Davis claims seven pounds, and he's 13 to two from nines. And uh, Forrest Falcon for Charlie and Mark Johnston is sevens. Uh, who is taking your fancy in the 225? Well, you know, earlier on in the season, we like to to mention the the stables in form, and of course, as you say, Emmett Charlie Appleby's had a great start to the campaign, hasn't he? With Will Buick chasing that elusive first championship, fingers crossed, he can he can go really close in that this year because after such a bold show twelve months ago, it was great to see, and 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 hopefully he can uh, just get over the line in front this time. It's, it's not easy, is it, having all those rides and, you know, continuing at such a rate, uh, banging in the winners as, as many as you can week in, week out. And Dahabi, as we say, um, reappears here off a 567 day absence. Of course, does have some nice form to his name, mm. uh, doesn't he? And I think um, he's he's definitely wanted to keep on side here. He was last seen in October 2020 when he put behind a, a tardy start to finish third behind one ruler. And that was an, on soft ground at, at Newmarket in the Group 3 Autumn Stakes. Um, nice, A nice race that was. You know, a couple of winners have, have come out of it. Um, and you look at his, you look at him here, um, the son of Frankel, he's back in a handicap, uh, obviously has, has plenty of weight off a mark of 103, but he's still got plenty of potential now as a four-year-old. They've kept him in training as Charlie Appleby, so you obviously think that, you know, there is a little bit more to come. Um, and the way he shaped on that start, on his most recent start all that time ago, uh, was that he could probably progress further from that. You know, like I said, he's a little bit green, a bit more to come. So that break, we don't really know why he's been off, but that probably might have done him the, the world of good. Um, and he, he's really interesting here. And um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be siding with him. Of course, just face it, a couple of interesting rivals in the shape of Fast Medicine, trained by uh, Chapel Hyam and, and, and Cam Hardy. Um, and, and he's fit and fresh from a win 14 days ago. And the selection to Hubby, he has to give him plenty of weight, doesn't he? Mm. Uh, but class horses can do that. Um, and, and, and hoping he can here, really. And, and move in time, another one uh, with very talented young rider Harry Davis aboard he's he comes into the equation uh son of fast neck rock uh again hasn't had much racing and he won after an absence last season so again he's one to to have on your side uh, as is Forrest Falcon who is a little bit in and out uh it's, it's fair to say Mark Johnston's charge uh third last time out but um he's capable of uh, popping up at a price really um and you know that run will probably just put the edge on him you know of course they don't really like the fitness at the Johnston yard but you know a bit of match practice for him the type of horse he is really could probably see him run a big race here as well but um yeah it's just the the hobby the Appleby horse to edge it for me really in this race um yeah I like like his chances a lot 
I think he's going to go off outright favourite in the end, uh, De Harvey, because Charlie Appleby could have an incredible Friday. Um, the Godolphin team have got a lot of horses entered for Newmarket and on Friday, including uh, the likes of New Kingdom, Nation's Pride. Uh, they've got Yabir, who's going to be in action. And um, yeah, quite a lot of very short-priced favourites, essentially. And the way this race is, is looking, the fact that De Harvey hasn't been gelded is a good sign because Godolphin yeah. are not afraid to do that. He's a 3.1 million pound purchase and a half brother to Golden Horn. So mm -hmm. they would obviously like to keep him intact, but they're not afraid to make those tough decisions if they feel that, that it has to be done. And um, I don't think he'll lack for fitness. And I think this is a fantastic opportunity for him. Uh, he missed last season due to injury. And that might turn out to be a blessing in disguise. He's by Frankel out of a Dubai destination mare, as I said. He's impeccably bred, and um, I think he'll be one on the day for Charlie Appleby. Uh, as we build closer, it's Charlie Appleby's big, big gun of the day, uh, but not quite yet, because we've got the Palace House Six, <laughs> Group 3. Uh, Twilight Calls for Henry Candy, who's already had a positive mention on the show. Uh, Twilight Calls is 11-4 to 4 currently with Kaluki. Tis marvellous uh, Kaluki have pushed out to fours. Uh, they've shoved come from the dark out to fives for Holly Doyle and Ed Walker. Uh, Hurricane Ivor, who I quite like for William Haggis and Tom Marquand, uh, has gone way out uh, to nines. Uh, it's probably because I backed him. And uh, the St. Lawrence, who was running after a first-time wind up for Roger Varian with James Doyle on board, uh, 16 to one. How do you break this race down? Well, it's, a, it's a, another tough one, isn't it, Emmett? You're really testing me uh, this week. Everybody is being tested on this particular day. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> that's it. It's it. That's it. It's another competitive race. And um, yeah, we, we've got shorter runners, are we? Which is, is good to see. It makes a, a welcome change to proceedings. And um, a competitive group three sprint here, the Betfair Palace House Stakes. As you say, Twilight Calls is towards the head of the market. And... This horse, the gelding son of um, Twilight Sun, is is a consistent and progressive horse. Obviously showed a lot of ability last season and arrives here on the back of a win 16 days ago. That was a, a nice, tough performance there from, from this horse, um, running in the colours of, of Sheafley Park Stud. And, you know, he, he would have to go well again, I would have thought. Um, conditions to suit him here. Uh, he's got uh, the draw of 12, obviously course and distance winner um, last time out. So, and he was a, quite a well-back favourite that day as well. So, you know, there's there's a, a good case to be made about him. You know, he's one of these typical horses that is kind of progressing up the ranks and now gets his shot at a at this level, at this, um, at this group three contest over six. We know... The distance suits, it's over five, sorry. We know that he's a, a talented sprinter and we know that the course suits him. And yeah, like I said, there's there's plenty to like about his chances. Tis Marvellous, again, another consistent horse. Uh, now eight years old. I mean, we don't see many of them, do we? Um, on the flat, really, because uh, he's a gelding. So Connection's obviously keen to, to come back season after season with him. And again, he's been a good, solid handicapper over the years. And Clive Cox's team have been doing quite well this season already as well. So, yeah, another one for the shortlist. Uh, Hurricane Ivor, he's he he's won plenty of races, hasn't he, Emmett? Um, oh, he's been terrific. You know, Tom Markham's mount. Yeah, and the jockey Tom Markham does get on extremely well with him. 
Um, he does have to, he is a tricky sort of horse. He does have to, you know, make sure the race sort of falls right for him, really, um, coming with his late charge. Um, so again, he, will it will it all sort of pan out for him on seasonal debut? I'm not not really sure. Um, same can be said for for came from the dark. Um, has plenty of form with cutting the ground and is a man to Holly Doyle. Um, but one thing about him is he does tend to run well fresh and he hasn't run for 301 days. So there's mm. no concerns on that front for him. And um, yeah, he he's pretty talented. So he could come into it if it, you know, if it all drops right. Um, but I think, you know, that the recent form of Twilight Calls um, is the, the point to note here. And um, yeah, I think he should be following up um, in, in this in this race over five furlongs. Sorry, I'm getting a bit going on about my distances. He won over five furlongs last time and, and this is five as well. So um yeah, very smooth that day, I thought. Made made headway very tidily through the field and won with a bit in bit in hand. So that's encouraging, isn't it? To be fair, Melissa, we have just gone from talking about horses running over four mile four <laughs> over fences to exactly. five furlong sprints. I think you're allowed it's all a bit quick. It's all a bit quick. <laughs> I think you're allowed to to readjust, and I certainly. I'm still up at air for the Scottish national. <laughs> uh, exactly. There you go. So, um, like, we all need a period of readjustment. Uh, I think Hurricane Ivor is overpriced, and I think one of the reasons why is because of the fact that it's first time out, which I don't think should be too much of an issue for him, um, and that he's top weight, but. Mm you're getting close enough now to tens about him. Like he's, he's drifted out to nines. Um, and maybe the reason I know he needed his first run last season, but bear in mind, he was, he was acclimatizing. If you want to go for such a phrase, uh, from his career in France to settling into a new life with William Haggis. Uh, and that would have been as a four year old. So he's learning the language as well. I mean, how tough is that? Um, and um, he's not actually run at Newmarket, Hurricane Ivor. He hasn't. He has not. But no. he has won on good ground. Uh, he beat Muskill yeah. uh, Newbury last year. He won on good to soft. Uh, he was a non-runner on good to firm. Uh, it was a self-start that day. I don't think it was uh, unsuitable ground. Soft does not suit him, and he was completely bogged down in the mud at Ascot at the end of the season when he was sent off 3-1 joint favourite. And maybe that's why he's drifting. It's uh, yeah. that that memory that punters have of, oh, he, he really let me down that day um, when he was so well fancied behind his marvellous. I just think he's a better horse than that. And a mark of 110 with the weight that he's carrying, it's not that far off. Like he, He's got a mark of 110 and he's carrying 9 stone 9. Twilight Calls is carrying 9 stone 6 of a mark of 100. So purely mm. from a handicapping perspective, if you're going to go with Twilight Calls, I'm not going to put you off. By the way, I think Twilight Calls has got a very, <laughs> very big, very big chance. But that horse is eleven to four, and Hurricane Ivor is nine to one. So I'll take the lines about Hurricane Ivor. Um, final selection for you. Yeah, I see a case about Hurricane Ivor. Um, it's just a doubt for me whether he can fire first time up, get the brakes and running. Um, I think I just think Twilight Calls. It's just that the manner of his victory last time was very taking, wasn't it? And uh, with another smooth display, hopefully can come through with that withering run and um, yeah, take them all on and, and be in front at the finish. 
We have a final field for the first classic of the season. Again, the stalls will be in the centre and it's a final field of 15 where your odds-on favourite is Native Trail, who we have seen this season, uh, bolting up on his reappearance when he uh, beat Claymore by three and a half lengths in the Craven. Um, not the kind of thing that Aidan O'Brien tends to do. He tends to bring his horses here fresh and that's exactly what he's done with Luxembourg. So Native Trail is 10 to 11, uh, Caribus, Corbus, whichever one you want to go for. Charlie Appleby kept saying last season, I've got a better one at home, and he was referring to this guy. Uh, he looked like a bit of a head case at Newmarket against Royal Patronage, but then he looked like a machine when he beat Imperial Fighter. So I'll be very intrigued to hear what your thoughts are on on both Native Trail and Caribus. Um, Luxembourg is then fives. Perfect power. This is why Mr. Sumion has made the journey over is 11s. Point Lonsdale, who for most of last season looked to be an absolute superstar until he bumped into the aforementioned Native Trail uh, in the Gosford and O'Brien National Stakes, and then that was him done for the season. He was beaten three and a half lengths, and intriguingly, Aiden didn't bring him to the Dewhurst. He just put him away on the back of that, but he had racked up uh, four wins prior to that, including a uh, victory at Royal Ascot and two very impressive wins at Leopardstown and the Curra. Can he bounce back? He's got Frankie Dettori on board. Wouldn't be the first time that Frankie's taken a classic for Aidan O'Brien. Was it twice last season that happened in, in the UK? Mother Earth and um, uh, the the poor horse that we then lost in the Oaks? I think it, I think it was. I need to yeah. double-check. Did he snowfall? Um, snowfall, yeah. Yeah, he won the 1,000 Guineas in Mother Earth last year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Dubawi legend is in here for Hugo Palmer and Tom Marquand at 22s. Uh, check and challenge for William Knight is 28s. Boundless Ocean represents uh, Jim Bulger and Kevin Manning. Keep an eye out for Wexford Native. Might get a chance to talk about him. He'll be running on Monday. And um, that might mean we might record on Tuesday, actually. But Wexford Native is a very, very exciting horse who... One first time up beating Sun King, who had solid form in the book already, and Sun King has gone on to win since. Uh, but Boundless Ocean is the horse who comes over to represent Jim Bulger. Um, the field is then rounded off, uh, as I get back on track, by Iden, Light Infantry, Royal Patronage, uh, LaSalle, Berkshire Shadow, uh, Tarasic Bay, and the Wizard of Eye, who is 100 to 1, and Glanthon, who was a market mover during the week, does go to France and uh, is going to go for the French 2000. Actually, I think what Aiden said to me last time was, no, he's not going to go. The, the original plan was they were going to go to France with him. The Acropolis now goes to the French 2000 and they're going to stay in Ireland with, with Glanthon. Um, but instead of trailing off, um, Native Trail was deadly last year and was hugely impressive at, at Newmarket and he's come back. I was in the middle of preparing for the Irish Poker Open at the time so I remember having to kind of dip in, watch and go that was impressive. Um, that was a lesser class of horse though. Like He was beating horses rated 105, 86 and 103 and Star of India didn't have a, an enormous amount of experience. Uh, he does have a run under his belt, and it's interesting that Charlie Appleby felt he needed to do that. He doesn't feel and didn't feel that Caribus needed a run. Uh, what's your overall take on the race? Well, of course, as the market suggests, it, it just revolve around the very exciting native trail, doesn't it? And, um, you know, what a record he has. He's a beautiful specimen of, of a horse, as 
as you'd expect from from the Charlie Appleby camp and the Godolph carrying the Godolphin silks. He is four, uh, five from five. Um, and, you know, like we said, it's very hard to, to fault his claims here. He was an odds-on favourite when he, he made a sparkling debut at Sandown in June of last year. Um, and then at the July course, he just narrowly won that day. Um, and you, would, you wouldn't you would be thinking then he would turn out to be <laughs> quite the star he, he did, he, he has even, uh, because subsequently he then went on to defeat Point Lonsdale, who, of course, as you said, Emma, carried all before him uh, that season. Uh, but there was no no fluke about that, was there, that performance no. at the Curra in the national stakes. Um, as is his style of racing, he just takes a little bit of time to warm up under William Buick. Um, William asked him the questions a couple of furlongs from home and got him to, to challenge, didn't he? Um, gradually, gradually getting there to the lead um, and got him to run on well at the finish. And uh, he, he cleared away in the final 110 yards. And it was quite an impressive performance, wasn't it, to to defeat Point Lonsdale, who who had looked at a brilliant horse previously. But um, yeah, Native Trail just came along by and, and, and swept past. And that was that. And then he had to back it up at Newmarket uh, later in the season. Of course, both of those races come towards the end of the season, September and October. And it was the Dewhurst where he really uh, stamped his authority on that contest, sent off odds on, of course, with his strong form line there. Um, and, yeah, comfortably saw off Jubari Legend, who had previously um, shown a decent level of form himself, hadn't he, for the Hugo Palmer team. Um, but it was a, another comfortable win for Native Trail. And then he was put away, unbeaten, uh, for the for the subsequent period. And came out uh, one to four favourites uh, in, in the, the Craven earlier this month. Um, and like like we said, he does take a bit of time to warm up, warm up to his game. Um, but once William Buick asked him to change gear, he drew readily clear uh, from Claymore in second place. There. It was a ready success. And I think, you know, out the Appleby team would be really pleased with, with you know, Putting uh, blown away the cobwebs and putting the finishing touches on his preparation, and I uh, thought Charlie Apple- Appleby's comments afterwards were very positive. Um, you know, he literally said that well, as soon as Will Buick gives him a tap, he picks up, and that's that. You know, you think horses like that for people who, who bet in running, they, they can look under pressure, and you think, oh, are they just a little bit vulnerable here? But we know that that's the way he races. He grabs the ground and he'll pick up and of course holds no fears for him and he'll find all the way to the line so there's plenty to like about him and it's hard to say that he won't remain unbeaten here isn't it um what's your what's your take Emmett do you do you think that that's the that's the case as well or is there a little sneaky suspicion that perhaps one of these can improve past him I think one can improve past him and part of me thinks this because of his price like yeah if you're looking at six to four which I think he was before he won the the Craven, which the Craven double hasn't been done since 2004, by the way, Craven 2000 Guineas double, which is, is a slight concern in, in the back of my mind. It's also a slight concern that Charlie Appleby is able to get his horses ready, yet felt he needed to give Native Trail a run. Um, and obviously William Buick is going to ride him because he's been on board him each, uh, for each of his starts. Uh, you could argue, well, he's been on board Caribus for each of his starts. You know, it's a big deal that he's on Native Trail. You're not going to jump 
from the champion juvenile. Um, but we do see that horses who were brilliant at two sometimes struggle at three, or their compatriots just strengthen up and suddenly come alongside them. And I don't think it was the strongest of races. And you're right, he does he does just take a little bit of time. Like, he traveled very strongly in that race, that's the one thing I'd say. But again, he had to be shaken up. And you're not going to get away with that in, in the 2000 guineas. And uh, a horse like Caribus, who could do anything, I mean, I've absolutely no idea how good this horse could be. He could be uh, an absolute monster. Does he deserve his rating of 115? Um, is he a total head case? Probably. <laughs> uh, Luxembourg, I there's a part of me is a little bit surprised that they've decided to go down this route. That was the chair, by the way, not anything else. Get that out of your head, folks. Um, there's a part of me that's a little bit surprised that Luxembourg isn't going down the Derby trial route. Uh, and maybe that's my pocket talking because I've backed him for the Derby. But Camelot is the only son of Monju to have won uh, Group 1 over a mile as a three-year-old. And Aidan O'Brien has made very, very, um, very strong comparisons between the two. Uh, now, he did come out with a warning during the week saying that he thinks he, he needs to see him do it. But he said that before. Like he said, George Washington is too fast until I see him stay the trip. You know, he, he's, he tends to be on the cautious side when it comes to, to these big races. Um, and the one that really interests me is Point Lonsdale. Because yeah, he, he told isn't he? And after he won the, the guineas, the 1,000 last year, didn't he? On Mother Earth. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, that's his point to note. Um, like, clearly the Coolmore lads have, have a real affinity for Frankie, and Frankie has an affinity for the Coolmore team. Um, he's a terrific jockey. He... He's on board a horse who's rated 114, so that means he's only a pound off Luxembourg, yet he's 14s with Kaluki and Luxembourg is fives. And you're basing it on a three and a half length defeat when they were juveniles, and he didn't run afterwards. And I just wonder if Aiden got Point Lonsdale back to Bally Doyle and went, oh. Because remember, he was odds on that day. He was eight to thirteen to beat Native Trail, and they mm-hmm. discovered something wasn't quite right with him. I think it's intriguing yeah. that he rocks up uh, and runs. Now he's been described as a horse who could be a Derby type as well, but at at a price of fourteens, it it comes down to I can't, in good conscience, come on the show and say, "Fill your boots, back Native Trail at ten to eleven. This horse can't can't be beaten," because. We simply don't know how Caribus, Luxembourg, Perfect Power, Point Lonsdale, how they've wintered, how they've improved. The reality is the trainers don't either. You know, they'll they'll have some idea, but they don't really know until the race is run. And sometimes you'll see this, this often described as the last two-year-old race. Um, and you'll see a horse win this race, and then the form gets reversed later in the season, maybe at Royal Ascot, maybe even at the Curra. Um so I'm probably more inclined to go with Point Lonsdale at 14s or or take a chance that Aidan O'Brien is going to tell Ryan Moore, go out and make all in Luxembourg, just set out a strong pace. We know you're going to stay. You're good enough to be able to go and, and win the Vertum Futurity Stakes. And the Vertum Futurity Stakes has got a frighteningly good record of producing the Guineas winner. Um, mm. You know, McSweeney took it last season 
didn't run, but his the stable representative did uh, did win the race. Kamiko the year before, Magna Grecia, Saxon Warrior. It's ridiculous. Um, and it's strange how it's sort of evolved from being uh, a derby trial into a Guineas one. So I'm I'm very excited about Luxembourg this year. Um, I'm very excited by what he can do, and I think he's I think he's the one that represents the last remaining remnants of value. I could see the lads coming for him and him going off shorter, but I could also see Point Lonsdale just being way overpriced at 14th. So it seems like Team O'Brien there for me, but that's. That's how I see it, and I would rather, I'd rather see Native Trail win, and then celebrate a brilliant performance and talk about that on the final forum podcast, than do my dough on him at ten to eleven, or or advise that you back him, when in my heart of hearts, there's no way I'd put money on him. Um, so, you know, like, is he a horse you'd back? Like, would you put your twenty quid on Native Trail at the weekend? Probably not. I think it's a race to, to watch, isn't it? If you, you fancy Native Trail. Um, obviously, short in the market because of, you know, what he's done so far. Of course, an unbeaten horse is always going to, you know, have that attraction, isn't he, at the head of the market. Um, and the fact that he's, you know, so far clear on the ratings, as you say, some horses could come out and improve a lot, couldn't they, from their break uh, and prove the ratings all wrong. This is often what we find. Mm. But one, two, two. Um, compared to Caribus and one 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 five and Luxembourg, of course, you know, and Perfect Power, uh, they're all tied there on the same rating. That is quite a gap to bridge, isn't it? In this in this classic, uh, a track we know Native Trail does run really well. Of course, we said he, he takes time to wind up. Um, yeah, Pinatubu had a rating of one twenty eight. Yes, that is true. Um, and like you said, Point, Lon- Point Lonsdale is, is close behind, um, you know, on the ratings at on four, of course. Um, and I take your point, Emmett, that he, he could be overpriced. And um, on, the, on his two-year-old form with Native Trial, you, you, you know, look at the discrepancy between them. The, the, it, is, it is a bit crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I just like Native Trail as an individual. Um, I mean, but looking at, looking at bigger prices... I mean, that's what most people will be doing, won't they? Looking for a, that each-way horse. Um, I mean, the likes of Light Infantry is an interesting horse. He's 107 there on the ratings. So does have a fair bit to find. And on the bare form, it's not good enough to, to win the guineas. But David Simcox got his horses in fine form. Um, of course, the Colt does have to prove he stays the mile. But he's won on soft over seven. So there's there's cause for optimism there on, on the trip front. He's got Jamie Spencer on board. Um and he won that the Horace Hill going away in the in the final stages. It just depends. He did hang right there a little bit though, the horse, and it, he, he he might be a little bit one of those sort of fresh types first time up. But you know, you're looking at the odds there, he's a double figure price. So he's thirty three. Exactly. From an each way perspective, a horse like him, totally unexposed could really come into it uh, for a team who, you know, their horses tend to get better as they get older. You know, he, he, he's not your typical sort of two-year-old trainer, is he, David Simcock? You know, he always has these big, nice types to, to go forward with. So, yeah, a case can be made for that horse. And with Jamie Spencer, obviously, he's put in some great performances in recent months. And as previously mentioned as well, Caribus, he could be anything from the same camp as, as a favourite native trail. 
Um, like you said, he's a little bit of a crazy horse, isn't he? And went clear in, in that race on his second start before being collared late on. That was um, one of the most extraordinary <laughs> things I've seen on a race course. It was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> his dismay of punters who backed him. You know, it's a, it was really unlikely, wasn't it? Um, so we know he's got bags of talent and there seems to be good vibes about him from connections as well. So, you know, Charlie Appleby's strong hand in this race and after such a strong season last season, and um, he's he's hoping to sort of carry on where he, he left off, isn't he? Um, mm. Two two darts at the head of the market. Um, Luxembourg, he's a nice type, but he's going to be much better over further. Um, Aidan O'Brien was saying is he's got a, you know, a big ask, a big job on his hands to to win this, but, you know, look at Aidan's record in the race. We know he can produce one. I would have just thought he'd, you know, if he's really well fancied, perhaps he would be a bit shorter in the market. You know, he's unbeaten as well, isn't he? Uh, proven at the distance. But I, I just think he's he's a bit vulnerable to a, to a sharper type and, um, you know, in the aforementioned native trails. So, um, yeah, it, it, not for me at this stage for Luxembourg. I suppose, the, uh, I suppose the, the, only thing, the only thing you could say about him is that he's kind of coming down the See the Stars route, having won the Beresford. Yeah. And obviously the he's a lovely horse, but yeah, um, but you you're just, of you're of my mindset. You think he's more of a derby type, derby type. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's a son of Camelot, isn't he? Um, they seem pleased with the way he's he's got a, a, a big you know decent cruising speed, but he just looks a typical middle distance horse for me. And um, although he could be placed, I think you you'll find a couple of these a little bit too pacey on this occasion. Uh, for all that he's a lovely horse going forward. Mm. Yeah. And perfect pal, we should touch on him, shouldn't we? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, he he's been brilliant for connections. Um, really fine uh, turn of pace he has at the end of his races. But um, will this race bring out the best in him? I'm I'm not convinced. Um, of course, he did most of his well, all of his campaigning at six and five furlongs last season. Stepped up to seven well last time, but another furlong at Newmarket is a fair ask. And um, yeah, I just think he might be a little bit vulnerable in the closing stages. But uh, yeah, he, he he'll run a solid race, I think, without winning. Yeah, it was a fine comeback from him um, in the Greenham. I just wonder with him if he's more of a Commonwealth Cup horse in the end. And yeah, Andy type, isn't he? That kind of horse. That, yeah. Um, you know, son of our daddy. You know, obviously sprinting type and. Um, yeah, like I said, his record, he can't be faulted, but um, a mile will will really test him, I think, at HQ. Okay, final selections for you, so. Well, it's native trail, but um, <laughs> very boring. But, um, but I do like light infantry each way. Uh, like I said, bags of potential. If Jamie Spencer can just sort of settle him, he's in stall eight, so, you know, he's right in the middle there. If you can get a nice toe into it, uh, I can see him running on late at the finish like I said strong strong in the finish in his last run Spencer um, special up, if, he can, if he can there's a place hopes there at a decent price yeah I, I'm intrigued that Caribus was due to go for the Craven yeah and they swapped them around and went actually Native Trail's gonna go instead uh, now this was as they were juveniles when um, when Caribus won at Newmarket beating Imperial Fighter uh, Charlie Appleby said, don't see any reason why you can't go down the tried and tested Craven Guineas route. 
which Master mm-hmm. of the Seas went close to doing for them, it has to be said. Uh, I know it's 2004 since the double's been done, but it is intriguing to me that they swapped them, that they went, actually, we're going to run Native Trail instead of, of Caribus. And I didn't see Native Trail physically. I, I just watched the race and how he how he ended up winning it. And he do, like I said, he does travel very strongly throughout his races, but and he made very smooth headway, but he did have to be shaken up. And that tends to be, um, uh, with the exception of the victory over Dubai Legend, he does seem to just need that little bit of, of a reminder. Um, Caribus mm-hmm. could be anything, and maybe the best thing to do is just unleash him fresh and let him let him go. And uh, James Doyle is a terrific jockey, but it's he's quite a free type, though, isn't he? And and I, yeah. I that's my that's my worry with him is he going to use himself too much in the in the early stages of the race? He's very talented, no question about it, but maybe a little bit too exuberant. You basically Possibly. read my I'm mind. I'm willing to be proved wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 as I'm, as am I. I'm very willing to to come on the show and go, oops, uh, call that one wrong. Um, I mean, we we're probably going to witness a superstar here. It's just a matter of which one is it. And yeah, the more I look at the market, the more the fourteen to one about Point Lonsdale just doesn't make sense. Um, particularly no, right, when it's, it's Frankie and, and Aiden. Aiden's won the race 10 times, which is a record. Yeah. Um, He's a master of pre- preparing one for this, isn't he? You know, that I, 10. Yeah, and they don't really like to talk about it, but they do like take their guineas horses and start preparing them ahead of the others, which is why they don't need a first run. That's why they don't yeah. have a, a prep run. Um, yeah. It, that's one of the... How this came to light was when Coolmore rocked up and said, George Washington is infertile. Here he is. He's back. Uh, but we're taking Holy Roman Emperor. <laughs> what? Because they were prepping Holy Roman Emperor for the guineas. And Aiden was talking about how he was in full work. So that's how that came out. That he takes the horses that he thinks are going to be his guineas horses, puts them into into full work and full training. Uh, and also the stables got off to a great start already anyway. Um, sometimes Aiden O'Brien has rocked up to the guineas and he hasn't had a winner. And suddenly yeah. a horse goes and wins and it's because they're trained differently. So I'll, I'll go with Point Lonsdale. I'll keep the faith with him and believe that what we saw in the first four starts was real and that Native Trail was terrific that day, but form can be turned around and um if you finish second at 14s with kaluki you're gonna get more each way than lumping it all on native trail and hoping that nothing improves past him and that's the problem if something does improve past him you're screwed uh the pretty poly <laughs> it can be a very yeah. informative race this is run on the sunday so we've got crinell for john thady gosden uh, and Frankie Dettori, 11-4. With the Moonlight for Charlie Appleby, 100-30. Night Battle, 4s. And then Shara for John and Teddy Gosden, 7s. Apologies to everybody associated with that horse, if I have butchered the pronunciation. Uh, normally a very informative race. Um, some beautifully bred horses in here. Where are you looking? How about you kick off, Emma? And you, you say, oh, you, 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 you just drop me in. Let's it. reverse it. Um, 
I think I think Nye Battle's going to take all the beating uh, for the Godolphin team. A little bit surprised that um, that Nye Battle. Is, I said Godolphin team. Um, that's a, a faux pas uh, on my part, seeing as uh, Simon uh, used to used to <laughs> work with Godolphin, but then doesn't uh, anymore. But Simon and Ed Crisford have uh, embarked on a very a very good uh, training career. Um, things have worked out very well yeah. for them. Um, this horse ran on the all weather at Lingfield uh, on a belated debut uh, earlier this year. Uh, you might say, well, it only won by three quarters of a length, but I thought the fact that the horse even got up to win at all was actually quite impressive. Uh, Travelled really well throughout the race. Um, completely blew the start. Uh, had to be pushed along at one point, but like I said, there is, there is smooth headway, and um, I thought ran out quite an impressive winner in the end. Uh, the other horse that intrigues me, just because Amy and I were talking about stallions to follow this season, is uh, Perpetic. Oh God, uh, the Ulysses, who's owned by Chievely Park, um, out of uh, a Lear fan mare. So David Egan will be on board for Roger Varian. This horse is sixes. And um, I was very taken with the horse's debut at, at Newmarket, only just beaten by Mellow Yellow, when a little bit weak in the market. Again, dwelt at the start. Um, was very close up at Newcastle on the all-weather. Uh, this horse comes from the Roger Varian yard. I think John Gosden really is the man who's led the way with using the all-weather and back-end maidens to propel potential superstars and I just liked how that horse did it. I also like the fact that Ulysses is producing horses who are very, very good at two. Uh, Pisbadil looks like being a potential derby contender this season for Dundalk O'Brien, for example. And uh, Ulysses looks set to have a, a big campaign uh, in, in front of him. Um, so they were the two that were very much on my mind. I thought that this is a race that we're going to learn an awful lot more about. Uh, with Moonlight and Crianel, I can understand why they're favourite. I kind of feel as though a little bit of it is recency bias with the Judmont horse, and it's Jonathan Gosden, whereas Simon and Ed Crisford and um, Roger Varian are giving you a bit of value with beautifully bred horses. Uh, one who costs 475,000 guineas as a yearling, that's night battle for Simon and Ed Crisford. Um, and for those who, who say, I only go for expensive horses, 35,000 guineas. Uh, peripiatic, or whatever, uh, Chiefly Park managed to either retain or acquire the horse for, and clearly is very, very well bought. So I'm really taken with night battle and, and peripiatic, and right now I'd probably just about side with peripiatic with the... With the the Ulysses factor, I think it's going to be a big season for him, but Night Battle is by Kingman, and um, she could be very interesting as well. Now, Melissa, talk some sense to us. No, no. You must be reading my mind, so I'm with you. Hey! <laughs> the, well, the Roger Varian horse, anyway, um, would be top of the pecking order here for me, I think. Uh, Newcastle is, is a good test for a horse, isn't it? Yeah. Um, a young horse. Uh, we've seen a lot of very good horses. Didn't uh, start, start out at Newcastle? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that gorgeous stride of hers, and uh, you know what a horse she was for for the Gosdens. But no, Team Roger Varian here for for this race. Um, Perry Pathetic actually finished lame on her uh, on her winning start there, 
Um, so obviously, you know, that's an interesting factor to take in uh, for winning a maiden. Obviously, she, she won by half a length. But um, obviously, with that little setback there in, in the win, um, you know, mark that performance up even higher. Uh, she started a favourite that day. Um, it was a really good performance, being close up to the pace, uh, finding plenty under pressure. Uh, and she was always keeping uh, the runner-up at bay there on that occasion, a horse trained by Kevin Ryan. And they pulled a couple of lengths clear of the third horse. And um, see, that's a, that's a useful sign, isn't it? Um, and she, she's that sort of horse, that's the daughter of Ulysses, that could really go on this season, a nice type, mm. um, a lovely-looking horse uh, for the varying team. So, yeah, she 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 does catch the eye here. Um, but Simon Crisford and Ed Crisford have got some nice horses this season. And as you said, Night Battle was posted a very encouraging debut 25 days ago. Um, I just thought that the horse, you know, obviously reappearing after after the, the break uh, was the one to side with here. Uh, Cronell has shown a lot of promise so far. I just think she is still really quite green, uh, Frankie de Torres Manx. Um, she's got a lot of ability, but um, she's really going to have to to knuckle down again here to uh, take her form up another notch. Uh, does like to race prominently. Uh, and there's clearly a bit left in the locker, but I just thought she might be a bit vulnerable in the closing stages to a horse that's really finishing well at Newmarket. Um, and I wouldn't be sort of taking the, the shorter price about here. I'd, I'd be looking for the valley with the varying horse. Um, and of course, Apple, Charlie Appleby does have a, a key contender with, with the moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um, only rated 93, uh, but there's, there's a bit of potential there to do better this season as a beaten favorite on her last start um but but she again she's she's got wins at, at Wolverhampton and and Chelmsford uh so so would have to again step up uh, like a couple of these and that's the fascinating part about these races isn't it you, you until you see them you don't really know quite who's gonna gonna be really um finishing these races off the best and enhancing their claims for the season ahead but uh, I just like the style of peripatetic on her, her most recent run, and um, I think she's she's got plenty in the tank there to to become even better at, at three. Uh, David Egan's booked for the ride, and um, yeah, another nice horse for the Cheveley Park team, I think. And does have experience of Newmarket as well. So back back That's in September, here, yeah. which is is going to stand her in good stead. Uh, peripatetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it like I said she had a slow start didn't she when when she raced at the course yeah. so um understandably on debut um and just the way she made headway in that race as style of a decent horse of course she was she was only 13 to 2 that day so you know a fair price wasn't she for a for a debutante from the varying yards so clearly a horse that probably do better and then back that up at at Newcastle with that that nice display and um you know, clearly it wasn't a big problem that she had finishing lane. So, um, so yeah, she's she's a horse to to keep on side. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. Um, it's nice when great, when great minds think alike. Uh, I <laughs> would be on the peripatetic side, uh, but Night Battle I think is a horse that needs very close consideration, and um, they're the two to be with so six to one about peripatetic with kaluki right now uh night battle is a four to one shot the dahlia stakes the group two so we've got uh sir michael stett and ryan moore uh the old boys teaming up 
together yet again. Uh, at twos, Dream Loper for Ed Walker and Kieran Schumark is threes with Kaluki. Lilac Road, three to one. Um, we have a French Raider, uh, Christophe Soumillon on board for uh, Francois Gaffrad, uh, who's got his season off to a fantastic start for the Aga Khan in Ebaraya. Uh, then Climate for Jessica Harrington and um, a number of others in here as well. Well, only a couple of others actually should be mentioned in here as well, to be fair. Um, it's an intriguing renewal, I would say, of the Dahlia Group 2 stakes this year. Um, I don't know if I want to be getting stuck into Via de Grace at twos, so tell me who I should be backing. Melissa Jones. Well, that is the case, isn't it? Um, it's, um, to Michael Stout's horses, first time out. Um, a good, solid performer, four-year-old here uh, in the Dahlia Stakes. But like you said, very short in the market. Um, often some Michael Stout's horses do come on for the run, um, which is fair enough. You know, some trainers, that's just like the, the way they like to do things, isn't it? And yep. his horses, lovely, lovely bunch there, but they, they tend to just come on a little bit fitness-wise and experience-wise um, for that, that opening outing. And... Um, yeah, the, it's a funny look to this market, isn't it? She's she's rated one hundred and six, and um, and faces a couple in here that um, are higher rated than her. Uh, of course, Abira has some very strong form to to her name uh, from obviously coming over from France. So she just turned turn up. Um, hasn't hasn't won this season yet. Obviously had a start in February and then earlier this month as well on very different grounds. Good to firm and and then really quite soft at Longchamp earlier this month. Um, I mean, she, she really would be right up there with, with, you know, these, the best of these, wouldn't she? She's running some really good races uh, over the, over the, the past 12 months and beyond. And um, she's a very classy performer on her day, of course. Um, won at St. Clou last year in May and has, has bumped into to Grand Glory and Glory Vars on a couple of occasions and, um, yeah, not been able to sort of follow the, the wins up. But it's still a very good level of form, isn't it, to, in this type of race, uh, a group two. Um, and she's 108 there and £2 officially ahead of, of Vue de Grace. And uh, I think, you know, if she turns up here at Newmarket, um, she, she's the one to be on. Uh, Dream Loper's been a good horse for, for Ed Walker. Um Again, though, I think you know she she needs to to step forward. Um, she's she's a see a, a group three winner, but can she repeat it um, that this this year? She's now five, and um, you know another horse that's kind of got better and better last season. But can she take? Can, can she continue and uh, you know take the next step up here on on seasonal debut in in the group two? Uh, just think race fitness for a is um, you know crucial. I think. Um, in the lineup, the only one apart from the outsider uh, romantic revo- romantic rival with that with the opening run, um, and um, yeah, she 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 just looks overpriced in the context of this race. I mean, Lilac Road is an improving horse, and um, you know Tom Markran does get the best out of her, but um, she she's closely matched with the favourite on their most recent run at Newmarket, um, and yeah, that day she was sent off at sixteen to one to. To beat Real de Grace, uh, there's only half a length between them at the line, um, and actually the runner-up she did lose a shoe and and was short a room, so it was a little bit unlucky. 
Um, I, yeah, I just think the market, you know, it's very short about the favourite. Uh, mm. Of course, you know, she's she's on the up. But, um, yeah, Byra's had a lot of stiff tasks, faced a lot of stiff tasks in her career to date. And um, this does look a shade easier, easier I think, um, than some of those sort of international sort of horses she's been bumping into. So, um, yeah, back on good ground. Christoph Sumion, she's travelling over and he's he's booked for the mount. So, um so yeah, she she lines up here as expected. Then I think she'll win. I love Christoph Simeon, and I'm the founding member of the Christoph Simeon fan club. Someone's going to dispute me on that one, in which case we'll have to just have a argument about it. Uh, pointless row on Twitter. That's what Twitter's for. Well, Elon Musk is going to make things interesting. That'll be certainly intriguing to see what happens there now that it's gone private um, or about to be. I completely see your case. Lady Bothorp proved that you don't have to be four to win this race. She won it as a five-year-old and then went on to win in Group 1 company afterwards later in the season. Um, but Ville de Grace being favourite meant that I watched back the their run in October. And it's intriguing to watch that race back with Lilac Road and Climate in the field. I think that Climate was a massive price that day, and she would have been right there if she hadn't been mullered. Um, it was a massive step up from her fourth in Group 3 company, uh, My Native Gorn, and she just screams to me the type of horse who's going to improve this season. And I'm not going to sit here and say that she's an absolute max win bet but i think at eight to one she's a very solid each way play uh particularly mm. when oh, james savage no offense uh a sir michael said horse can certainly improve for the run uh jessica harrington's horses are running in much better form now than they were earlier in the jump season uh dare i say and you could even argue that jessica has switched that she's now more of a of a flat trainer than she is a jumps trainer um and I think it's intriguing that the climate remains in training uh, and comes back. And I don't think you bring a horse like this over to Newmarket just for the fun of it. Obviously, she has a very big runner on the day, but I don't think you're going to compete in a group two unless you feel like you can get involved in the mix. And I think this horse is going to place at least. So climate would be my pick, and she's currently eights with Kaluki. That's who I'd go with. Um, but I wouldn't put anybody off. Uh, the French Radar with Christophe Sumion on board. Uh, Ebira. Who got a hundred eleven thousand for finishing third in Saudi Arabia? Dear God! Uh, the final race that we're going to talk about is the one thousand guineas, where Tenebrisium, who produced one of the performances of all performances to win last year at Newmarket, uh, having been off the track since the twenty eighth of March when she made her her winning debut, uh, and then comes out and wins, falls out of the stalls and somehow manages to get up and win. Uh, Tenebrisium is 11 to 4. The double, though, has not been done for quite some time. I think the double hasn't, hasn't been done. The Chivley Park Guineas double hasn't been done since 2009, 2010. Um, Tuesday, who is a full sister to Empress Josephine, who won the Irish 1000 Guineas last year, um, she is in here on looking for her third start and has become second favourite. Uh, Discoveries. Finally, people have copped on and has been slashed from 16s to 9s earlier in the week with Kaluki 
They were then seeing support at sevens, and eventually they've just cut her to 11-2 to two now. Uh, then we've got another French rider, again with Christophe Soumillon on board. Uh, this is Malavath. Homeless songs for Dermot Wild. I believe there was a report that she might not go, but she's still there right now. Eights. Wild Beauty for William Buick and Charlie Appleby. Nines. Uh, another French rider, Zelie, with Tom Marquand on board, is nines. And then Misoncé for James Ferguson and uh, Kieran Fallon, Jr. Tens with uh, Juncture for Geraldine's at 14s. This is a fascinating renewal of the race. And it's fascinating because you've got a horse who's very speedy, is by a second season stallion in Caravaggio, who's now based in the States. Again, if you'd like more info on first season sires and stallions to follow, listen to Amy Lynham and myself chatting about Bloodstock on the show that was released yesterday. So we're recording Thursday. It came out Wednesday. It's available for you now. Um, when you hear those lists of prices and how the market is currently shaping up, what's your thoughts, Melissa? Well, that's the key question, isn't it, Emmett? Tenebrism, is is she going to stay the mile? And Caravaggio, like you said, um, a sprinter, uh, in, sort of inconclusive evidence, really, on the pedigree front, pedigree front whether the Aidan O'Brien favourite will stay. My inkling, really, I mean, I know she performed to a very high level last season and has won at Newmarket. But my inkling is I don't think she's going to get the mile sufficiently well to win this. Uh, of course, she was a shock scorer, wasn't she, that day at, at Newmarket? Um, Not to me, she wasn't. Did you back her? <laughs> I did. Good stuff. Um, I mean, must have been happy with that then. Um, oh, she can be absolutely certain I was. Uh, the one thing I'd say is that she's... She's out of a mortal verse, so she's very intriguingly bred. Like she's she's bred uh, by a very speedy, very classy stallion in Caravaggio, um, who's obviously going to be very very important to Coolmore going forward. But they put her with a mortal verse, who was a, a dual Group One winner over a mile, including at Royal Ascot in the Coronation Stakes. So, from the dam side of things, you can certainly see the mix of speed. Uh, and stamina from the stallion side of things, you're probably looking more at, at out and out speed. Uh, this is going to be her first attempt at, at a mile. Uh, her only previous attempts have been at five and six, and she did miss most of last season through injury. But I think that you're making some very, very important points, particularly when she's such a short price favorite at, at 11 to four. That's it. And there's not that much evidence, is there, really, that you can say she's, she's going to stay. Like, that her style of racing, you know, it's it's very eye-catching. Um, and like you said, she, she sort of missed the start, didn't she, in the Sheevely Park, mm. um, the rear, and, and made that headway. But um, she's got a fair bit of mid-race pace, has this horse. Um, the way she quickened to lead to take it up there at HQ, you know, was an excellent performance but she just strikes me as a a sprinter who who'll get sort of seven furlongs um i just think the mile you know you want a horse that's finished off really well in this type of race uh the phillies classic and i just don't think she's going to quite see it out uh, as well you know who's to say obviously aiden o'brien's brilliant record in this race you know he, he can easily prove us all wrong but he's often won this hasn't he with one of his second strings and from a punting point of view, I'd be more interested in Tuesday, who wasn't really in contention properly for this race until late. She's clearly been pleasing a lot at home. 
Um, and, you know, she's just had a couple of starts, hasn't she? And um, I think from a stamina point of view, she's the more intriguing and interests me more of the two. Obviously, a daughter of, of Galileo and aunt of Lily Langtree. So, you know, bred in the purple there. And, um, you know, she's won at the mile on her seasonal reappearance. So that holds no fears for her. So from the Aidan O'Brien camp, she'd, she'd just be ahead of the favourite for me in the pecking order. I can completely see why. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that Toy hasn't gotten the recognition that she possibly deserves. It, purely because you, you were mentioning Aidan O'Brien second strings of winning this race. Uh, let me take you back in time. Uh, Homecoming Queen was 25s. Ryan Moore was yeah. on board, but at the time, Joseph was first jockey. Minding, I think, was Aiden's first winner to win the race, making their seasonal reappearance. Winter was... Oh, what a fantastic win for us. Uh, Winter won this race after a 50-1 to gamble. Um, she had finished second in the 1,000 Guineas trial and was not the Aiden O'Brien first ring. Wayne Lorden was on board, and she'd just come over from David Watchman, who'd, who'd retired... Hermosa was also ridden by Wayne Lorden and was 14s. Love was first string but was fours. And Mother Earth, Frankie Dettori, was on board and and was 10s. And yeah, you can look at Toy and say, well, does she have the form? Um, I think a lot of Aiden's juveniles were sick last year. She hadn't run since... Um, she made her uh, a very belated debut, and she, I thought she ran quite well in, in October. She's then finished second to Perfect Thunder and then run out a very comfortable winner at, at, uh, at Cork. It's a quick turnaround, but her pedigree, like she's a, a full to Coolmore, Vatican City, Taj Mahal, Joan of Arc, Happily, Marvelous, and most importantly, Glen Eagles. Uh, that's a pretty impressive pedigree to have, and she's 25. I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up being involved in the places and talk to Kaluki. Maybe they'll do you a deal. Maybe they'll they'll extend the places. It's it's three places on offer. I think that's fair right now. Um, overall, for me, I think the Tuesday argument is a very good one. However, Miss Jones, uh, I can't, or at least I couldn't understand why Discoveries was tens when Tuesday was about. 13 to 2, and now they're more in line with one another because Discoveries beat Tuesday last season, uh, then finished third behind Agatha and then beat that horse, uh, got her revenge at, at the Curra. And she's just a horse I've, I've liked for a very long time. And I, I quite like the fact that Jessica Harrington is coming here first time up. Um, she's proven that she can win classics. She's proven that she when given the right talent, can win uh, very important Group 1s. Look at Royal Ascot last year, the Irish 1,000 guineas as well, for that matter. Um, this uh, son of Master... This daughter, I should say, of Master Craftsman, uh, out of a Rahi mare, is beautifully bred, uh, and has been a horse who's been on my list for the 1,000 guineas for a very, very, very long time. And the fact that she closes in the market the manner that she has just gives me a little bit more encouragement. So I think the 11 to 2 is still value about her, and I'd probably be more inclined to go with her. I wouldn't put anybody off having a couple of shekels on toy each way, running a massive race, but Tenebrisium could blow this lot away, or she could bomb. 
Um, so I'm, I'm more inclined to go with, with discoveries. I mean, a lot of people are back in discoveries, aren't they? Because she has taken her form to that top level, um, you know, for Jessica Harrington's yard last season, hasn't she? She progressed massively from her first couple of starts and then uh, won that group two and then the group one at group one level. Of course, that horse, Agatha, is a, a, a key form line, isn't she, to, to a lot of these horses. Yeah. The um, thing about Discoveries is um, she's met a couple of these before earlier on in her career. Um, as you said, she defeated Tuesday by a short head at the Curra um, in June of last year. She was just doing enough at the finish. Um, like I said, there's not, not much between them, but um, Discoveries is the proven horse who's obviously gone on and 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 you know she can perform at the high level but um for me the most interesting horse really i mean on form you you wouldn't think she'd be able to win but um i really like her and it's juncture who's trained by jay lions (laughs) so we're throwing in a, a big price one here um she actually had discoveries back and forth um in her maiden in her maiden win uh, in June of last year. Of course, as we said, discoveries is, you know, progress miles and miles. But um, the thing about Juncture is she really hasn't had the the chances to prove her ability. Um, of course, she, she on debut, uh, she finished herself, she finished second to Contarelli Chapel, another Aiden O'Brien horse. And that was one of the most impressive performances in a maiden that season at Nace. Um it was really a very, very nice display. Of course, that horse hasn't gone on and, you know, backed that up at all. But um, at the time, I thought that was a really nice race and a nice introduction. Juncture has since gone on to finish second to Agatha in the Group 3 uh, later that summer. And then she was put away and she was meant to be the the Moigler horse for Jairlines, who won a classic, didn't he, with Siskin um uh, oh so recently um so he he knows what it takes to to win this type of race she's had a warm-up on the all weather which of course you know isn't your natural kind of route to this kind of race um but i i thought that was a, a lovely performance the way you know the bare form of it is miles below this but it was the attitude that she showed and that pace that turn a foot to to really take command of her role she traveled effortless effortlessly at the back of the field and then literally won the race in in a few strides really and, and drew clear and she was so strong at the end of the finish and at the end of the race over the mile um at dundalk um you know she blitzed them she was she hit the line strong and then it took a while for um the jockey to to pull her up there so that bodes well doesn't it we know she'll stay we know she's got a turn of foot. We know she's classy and we know the team hold her in high regard. She just has to prove it at the highest level. Uh, but at the prices, you know, I'm willing to take a chance with this daughter of Dark Angel. That, that's something, that, that, she's regally bred. Um, and, you know, that, that that's that's key, isn't it? Um, I, she ticks plenty of boxes. Just her form on the bare, bare bones of it isn't good enough, but that's a chance you take at a decent price like that. I think the first person I heard make that that observation about it, I like it when it takes a, I believe he was talking about Sam Crow, and it was Ruby Walsh saying, 
I don't like the fact that this horse just stops at the end of a race. I mm. prefer when it takes a jockey a long time to pull up a horse. That's the sign of real class. And uh, I could be wrong about this, but I suspect maybe he, he came up with that himself. I suspect that has an awful lot to do with Ed. Um, because Ed Chamberlain spent a lot of time training um, Gary Neville and training Jamie Carragher in terms of what to do, uh, what to say. Uh, look, you guys have the info and our audience don't want to be punched down. They don't want to be patronized. They actually want to know. And this was mm -hmm. coming out of the Andy Gray, uh, Richard Key's face, thank God. And, um, you know, Ed was able to to get in there and, and really shake things up. And this is where analysis of, of football really changed. And I think that he's, I, I think Ed doesn't really get the credit for that. But you do see and, and you get to hear an awful lot of fantastic analysis from the likes of of Ruby and um, well, particularly Ruby and I suspect that, that Ed has spent an awful lot of time working with him and saying look you've got access to all this information in your mind and we want to hear it and I've seen him like egg on someone like Johnny Murta like he was given out about a ride Jim Crowley gave to Batash when he got beaten by Blue Point at Royal Ascot and Johnny was kind of just about to dial it back and Ed was like Keep it going, keep it going, you know, and and so Johnny gets stuck in and, and ends up in a row between the two lads. But Johnny was perfectly entitled to his points, and he wasn't saying it for the sake of it. He was saying it because it was what he thought, um, and uh, that that kind of analysis, I, I think it should be mentioned that Ed probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves. In fact, I don't think he does uh, that we're getting this kind of analysis now. So. Uh, yeah, it's a very, very good point to make that it took a long time to, to pull the horse up. And the fact that Juncture even makes the journey over is telling. Um, so, uh, color me intrigued, Melissa Jones. Color me intrigued. Uh, because obviously, <laughs> Jerlines has gone on record and said, hey, why would I go to Royal Ascot when I can just wait for the railway stakes? You know, yeah. Why would yeah. I go to the 2000 guineas when I can wait for the Irish 2000 guineas? Um, and yet this horse is going to come over for the, the 1,000 guineas. Uh, I'm with Discoveries. I'm going to stay with Discoveries. Uh, I'd love to see Tenebrisium run a big race, but she's too short. So Discoveries for me, it's um, the 14 to 1 juncture for you with Kaluki. It is, but I think we should mention one other, just for the shortlist that we haven't touched on. Yeah. Again, the the, the French raider, Malava. Aha. Um, Another Christophe Sumion mount. Oh, enchanté. Dillas more. Well, she she's another decent horse, isn't she, in this? And um, I think, you know, she showed a very good level of form last season. And um, they took her over to America, didn't they, uh, for the Breeders' Cup, if I remember correctly. Um, and, yes, this is it, for the, the Phillies' turf. Yep. And he... Yeah, she did a lot wrong that day. She had a slow start. Um, she had to be ridden a couple of furlongs out by Ryan Moore, but she really stayed on with purpose at the finish, and she was just beaten half a length again over the mile on quick ground. And, you know, this these connections are very respectable, aren't they? they they're forced to be reckoned with, of course, you know, have um, a buyer early on in on, on the card. Uh, she's got form with Zelly, another of the, the key French raiders here, 
Uh, she beat her comfortably enough on on seasonal reappearance, um, and she's got that nice blend of experience and talent. And I think she's she's a decent price as well. For all that Juncture is my selection uh, and the, the value selection at that, I do think um, this French filly does have to be uh, respected for connections. Um, she she that was a great run in America, and um, yeah, her form with the other key French horses um, is is decent and of the market you know the, the horses towards the head of the market um here and, and tuesday would be the, the the two for me but juncture with the overall selection okay so you've given us a tricast basically you're, <laughs> you're swinging for the fences yeah, uh, no, and, I, and i'm and i'm complicating matters then by saying discoveries has got to go in there you can't leave discoveries out um it's been such a well i've got the less blend there i've got an experienced filly and then the two that uh were the untapped potential so all bases covered hopefully yeah all bases covered for for both of us and then tenor Reesim comes along slaps us in the face and we're like it was <laughs> yeah. so obvious it was so exactly. obvious i'll accept defeat <laughs> <laughs> i will too uh again i'll more than happily uh celebrate her victory if 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 it if indeed that's how, how things pan out, but um, no, I'm I'm like Melissa. I'm inclined to go for something else. Uh, Discoveries is my selection. Who's your overall best bet of the weekend? Oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? I can't really go native trail because uh, <laughs> you say native trail, bit. I will hang up this right now. <laughs> this this Zoom call ends point. immediately. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, my apologies. Tuning in for the value. <laughs> I'm What's the best bet? The odds on favourite in the guineas. Get stuck in. I guarantee you there's some podcast doing that. So you could if you wanted, but no, don't. We started off making a run to freedom. Um, and yeah, that, that one's going to be the best bet. Because he's got a middle of the road price and strong claims to boot. So we're going to stick with him. I like the logic. I like the thinking. By the way, I'm uh, yes, the the, oh, the first race that we talked about, the 150, yeah. Um, no, that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, Point Lonsdale, each way, would be my... No, I just can't have him out of the first three. Um, and you are getting first four, so if I can't have him out of the first three, then... And I also don't think he's going to hold up at 14s. I think the 14s is going to be taken, so I, I would put him up. Uh, Melissa, it's been an absolute pleasure, as always. Uh, you get to enjoy a week off, which is fantastic, but what work can we enjoy uh, from you before you head off on your uh, holidays? Yeah, well, we'll be having the latest um, news reports and uh, results from Newmarket this weekend on Mirror Online. Um, mirror racing we are so um yeah do check us out if you get a moment and um yeah hopefully get some tips winning along the way as well as these so um yeah fingers crossed for a good one and there's always some great stuff there uh and i know that you're working on a particular story as well that i can't quite mention but i am quite looking forward to reading so that should be that should be an intriguing one let's just put it that way shall we uh right that's <laughs> that's it uh from melissa who'll be back on the show very very soon and for me it was going to thank you very much for listening i hope we hopefully you've enjoyed it hopefully we've steered you in the direction of a couple of winners um hopefully we've pointed you in the direction of many winners and we will talk to you as we review the action next week with darren until then stay safe be well 
God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by our official syndicate partner, All About Sunday. The latest trainer to join our ranks is Donald McCain. To celebrate, we'll be having a Sunday and Final Furlong Podcast Owner's Morning on Saturday, April 16th at Bankhouse Stables to see Raffles Capital and the €150,000 purchase, Invincible Power, the most expensive horse Sunday have ever Boss. To join us, download the app or visit allaboutsunday.com. The ultimate racehorse ownership experience. And by our official betting partner, Kaluki Sportsbook. Kaluki offer betting on all sports, immediate interaction with experienced traders, with instant withdrawals, and the best odds guaranteed on UK and Irish horse racing. Kaluki also have betting pitches at tracks across the UK, including additional ones at Cheltenham. Join us now at kalukisportsbook.co.uk.